You're listening to the Football Retreat Podcast on the After Hours Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our Instagram at After Hours Network for more awesome podcasts. Right now, he's going to fix that. No pressure. If oh, you yeah. want, he had, a, he had a crazy ass week. Did he? We're recording, so if you want to say What's it, you're that? more than welcome to. Uh, also, if you want, Eric, uh, if you go mm-hmm. to the microphone in the bottom left of the Zoom thing and you go to speaker, you can set the speaker to your laptop speaker. And then, you know, if it doesn't echo us, then, you know, Josie can hear us and jump in if he wants to. You know what I mean? Okay, I'll let him know. If you want, yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just jump in. We're already recording, but I just want to say hi, everybody. Um, you know, we, I've, uh, I know we are all good Galaxy fans. Um, just to introduce you guys, uh, you know, there's Derek, there's Michael, there's Eric. And, and with Eric, and hopefully we hear him a little bit, we got my good friend Josie as well. Uh, and I wanted to do this as a little bit of a roundtable just to talk about what's coming up with the Galaxy season, how you guys feeling based on what you saw, based on the offseason moves, you know, just a free-based conversation. I'll kind of moderate a little bit and jump into um, but yeah, you guys ready? Ready. I'm ready. Hell yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so when we were, um, galaxy backgrounds here, I'm trying to, trying to match up to this. If I get this Donovan here at the end You're trying to fucking just, just pivot a little. <laughs> Let's see if we can get Donovan in there. There we go. Derek wins, dude. I can't yeah. even comprehend it. Like, I still think, I, I think about that like once a day. I'm not even kidding. I love it. And for everyone listening. It came out. It came out cool. Yeah. Derek, I mean. Masterclass when it comes to that. I mean, the Landon Donovan, uh, that little that frame picture is just amazing. I love that. That that really ties it together. Got something. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There we go. You're good now. You're good. (laughs) All right. We're solid. Uh. So. Uh. So that me and Derek were talking about. I I really like the topic, and I want to throw it at you guys. Was how the jerseys kind of mixed with the at least for me like do you think the jerseys kind of help the morale in the offseason like and let me preference it with this um we faced another moment where we were like oh man like how could this get worse but it really felt like after the season we were rock bottom more so than before pavone was leaving chicha the signing we got was you know he wasn't working out for us but then we signed vanny and then we got these cool jerseys to kind of show, hey, we're new again. Like, we're, we're, we're redoing this stuff. Like, how did you guys feel about that? Like, just kind of break that down for me. Everyone, just jump in when you're ready. Fucking A. These jerseys made all the difference. Like, there was, like, I was dreading. And then there was, like, not only did I, I was like, oh, the shit looks cool. But, like, everybody was on it. Like, people were, like. Posting where to get them. You had to call. You had to fucking pre-order. I thought it was it was cool as shit. Yeah, 100%. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of what Derek was saying. I think it I think it did one thing more than anything else, and that was kind of bring back that feeling of the culture that I feel like we had lost in the last few seasons. Um, I think it it, it was timed really well. I think part of it was luck. You know, Greg Vanny coming back and being available this season for us and you know, leaving Toronto. 
and then having uh, that uh, Derek's rocking right there come out. Um, which again, that was a coincidence, you know, the community kit I'm sure was obviously prepared and designed over a year ago or something like that, but they both came at that same time of, you know what, we're going back to our roots, kind of that throwback sort of feel with the jerseys and one of our old players and, uh, old coaching staff. We've got an assistant coach. I think that Dave Kalichman is it, uh, used to also play on the team. So I feel like more than anything else, it brought back that culture that I feel like we were missing in, uh, you know, it kind of kick-started, hopefully, uh, a new era uh, in this team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, along with that, it, it brought back an assurance that the FO is not completely deaf on what we're doing, bringing in a coach who knows what he's doing within the league, but at the same time recognizing that we as fans don't just look at the championships. We look at our old colors since – yeah, it felt like uh, it felt for us. It, like more than just like this is like you know because Adidas usually is like super cookie cutter. Like every jersey is like a variant, especially on like the twenty fifth anniversary, and so like uh, it felt like it was for us. Yeah, I agree with that. I hundred percent do, and and I think you guys all hit 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 the marks with it pretty well. Because I think with me and I, I guess the way you know I guess what we're all saying is is that like. You know, it's kind of like when Superman comes back and he's like wearing all black and you could tell he's different and he needs business. It's like kind of this. I know that's a really stupid example, but like I felt like it was the same thing. It's like, look, <clears throat> we're going back. All these like these badass kits. We got them. We got Greg Vanny, who's who's proven, who's a proven manager in, in the MLS, which matters. It, that matters. That's something that we're learning as a league is that these these managers that have that experience are more valuable than outside managers most of the time. So it's like then we got Greg in, and then he just started signing all of these just well-rounded players, and that's that's the thing that really rang the most to me. And and that was my next question is is we made so many off-season signings. We are usually always the team that's just sitting there like, what are we doing? And then we'll sign like one big guy, or we'll sign like a you know a semi-okay MLS player. But this season, like we really like brought in a lot of players. Like, is that like do you, how do you guys feel about that? Because I feel like there's a lot of mixed conversation about it on social media. I'll um I'll kind of give my opinion on this because for the last four to five seasons, I would say if you really think about it, we've brought in a lot of players. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we've done just you know, like the Zlatan signing or like the Chicharito signing, which we always do regardless. But if you think for the last few years, the amount of players that have filtered in and out of this team from top to bottom is a lot. You know, just this past season, how many players did we lose? Corona, David Bingham, Rolf Felcher, um, technically, as of right now. Um you know, that, that's already a lot. We lost uh, Katai at the beginning of the season, if you want to count that. Yoni Gonzalez, if you're going to count him. Um, that, that's like six, seven players right there. Um, yeah. And Sua. And Sua's not coming back. That's done. It's a lot of players, and that's players in every position from defense, keeper to midfield um, to wingers, you know. And essentially, I feel like it, it was necessary. You know, if we didn't sign – a core of players aside from just the flashy signings that galaxy always makes. Um, we, we, we would have had nothing, you know, this season we needed an entire revamp, but the thing that makes the pessimist in me, but 
it seems like we've done it a lot. You know, if you think back like one or two seasons ago, we brought in these very players that I'm saying we literally just got rid of. You know, the majority of the players that just left this past season, I think have probably max been on this team maybe two, three seasons most. Um, there are other players like Alessandrini, Antuna, Fabio Alvarez also were there for maybe a season and left. So there's Shelvick, another one I just cut thought of right now. Um, a lot of players that have been going in and out of this club within the last couple of years. So, you know, we I feel as if we've kind of done this before in an extent. Maybe not so many players all in one sort of we did right now. But we've been having them come in more scattered over the last two to three seasons. And it seems like we've always had the idea that, you know, these guys are good enough to supplement someone like Zlatan Ibrahimovic or Chicharito, the big guys up top. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't been working, you know. So I'm I'm thinking that, yes, these are the signings and the, and the amount of signings that we needed to make right now. But at the end of the day, the problems we've had in the past is making it work on the fields together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, only time will tell to see if that really works out this time around. Yeah, it's not – I mean, like you said, <clears throat> GBS signed a bunch. Every, every year there's been a bunch of coming. But uh, I think – Legette's like the most senior player right now, right? And he's the only one. And so I'm with you about being a pessimist. Is like, all right, we've done this before. Like, we've done, like, just fucking build it. <laughs> like, build it and, like, I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't feel necessarily new, but it's hard to – you're optimistic when, you know, players come in and you can kind of be like, oh, they would pair well hypothetically and all this shit but like like you said we've been here for a while now and so i don't know it'll be nice when when it all you know if it all works out and we can tell like in june how these signings are doing and stuff but i'm with you it's hard not to be a pessimist yeah Uh, yeah i think the only silver lining is that i think with vanny in particular he's making more precise signings for his system as opposed to GBS says I want this guy for whatever reason and our only it's been more of a reactionary signing rather okay we just need to fill the spot rather than actually looking at a skill set for the rest of the team um, yeah. considering we've been building around one guy you know last season Chicha before that Slatan. so that's the only silver lining I have but I'm still you know cautious about having this many signings and hoping it all works out because I've been full the past five, six years, give or take. <laughs> yeah. You're on the money with that, Eric, because when I look at it, when I look at all the signings, uh, it's kind of like the, it's, it's a specific play style that these guys have. And with MLS, I think that that's something a lot of people don't understand is a thing is like, there is an MLS play style that works with this league. And when a lot of guys come in from other places, they, they don't understand how to acclimate. I think Felcher was a great example of how he couldn't really, like understand how it worked you know as he just couldn't really keep up and the fact that we kept him so long to to me was just it was insane but it's so cool to see i mean think of like picture this i mean we're, we're gonna have Derek um williams center back we're gonna have Araujo on the right we're gonna have velafania on the left and then the only issue in our back line is stirs but maybe and this is the optimist in me maybe having these oh, great defenders is gonna make stirs better you know so so i i really do i think that was a great point by eric um, but, but like, what do you guys think about the back line? Like, how do you feel about Velofania? How do you feel about Williams? I'm actually going to re- jump real quick because you just reminded me of something that I saw today. I think the galaxy posted like a, a quick little clip uh, online today 
of literally about the back line, about how they're working hard. And I guess they're, you know, reshaping the back line and the defense of the team. It was like a small little video they posted. And, uh, and the, I think it's the assistant coach that I was talking about, Kalichman, that was like, in the quick clip, you see him like a quick little audio of him talking to, to Stairs and he's just kind of communicating to him and just kind of giving him tactical instructions. And, you know, he, he was basically Stairs was talking about how there's some sort of different energy around uh, the team as a whole, but um, there seems to be a different sort of coaching like style that comes to the defense this year. Um, and Derek Williams was also speaking in that video a bit. And, you know, they were talking about how just kind of what the, what the changes have been and, and how the defense has shaped new season. And uh, like you said, you know, we've, we've changed essentially half, if not more. If you want to count Araujo, I mean, more than half of our defense, uh, the back four this year. So we got Villafania and Derek Williams, who hopefully we'll get to see soon. But, uh, yeah, it on, on paper, again, it should be – it should be a much – it should be an improvement. Yeah. Um, you've got Viafania, who's an MLB Cup winner. Um, Derek Williams, a very experienced and internationally experienced uh, center back playing for the Irish national team. Um, and then you've got Araujo, who had basically a breakout season last year but didn't get full playing time because of Felcher and because of some of his cards. Um, so, you know, you're hoping that – that makes a huge difference this year, and especially when you, if you're going to be counting our new goalie uh, bond in the back. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, on paper, it should be a, a much better defensive season. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. What's the um, who do you think gives us a tough time? Like, what team do you think is going to be a, a squad that we're going to have a trouble with? Because obviously, this is a new team. I, I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist with this. You guys both said you're pessimists. I think Eric is also a bit of a pessimist when it comes to like our, which I don't blame you guys. But, like, what team do you think is going to give us the hardest challenge? I, I And to say, I just want to say mine first, and I'm not going to give a lot of info to it because I don't think I have to. Um, I think you, uh, Philadelphia, 100%. I think that they're one of the best teams in the league right now. I think that they've been extremely consistent. I think a lot of teams right now have made big changes. Um, but I think that Philadelphia found what works. And I think that they're going to. I think that they're going to be a dangerous in the league, and I think that they're going to make us look like we're, you know, I think they're going to expose our weaknesses, which I feel like it's a good thing, some, you know, to an extent. Well, name a team that you're confident that we wouldn't have a problem against. Uh, okay. Like, <clears throat> sorry, no. Uh, you want? I mean, like, not, not no. like, not, not optimistically, not like. On paper, but realistically, if you had to bet with the eleven that we have, like what team are you so confident on? Because I'm not on any. Okay, I'll be honest. I said confidant instead of confident. I think Minnesota. Like it seems that I've had, uh, and the reason why I say this is because the way that we rebuilt our squad. But it's teams like Minnesota, for example. When we were always in shambles, for some strange reason, whenever we've needed a win. We could always count on it with Minnesota. For some reason, those those Minnesota's a great team. They are fantastic. But we've always understood how to play against that team. Uh, New York Red Bull, that's another example. Orlando, I'm saying all the bad teams. Um, okay, this might be bad. Miami, I think we're going to be able to beat Miami. I think the if I had to really comprise the only teams that would give us an issue is Portland, Seattle, um, Philadelphia, Fuck, even Atlanta, I think we can beat. Like, I, I'm really confident with the type of squad we have going into this. I really am. 
But like, what about you though? Like, who who do you think who do you feel confident about beating? Because you said you don't think any team, but like, if you had to pick one, well, it's not that. <clears throat> I don't know because preseason doesn't isn't shit. Right? Yeah, exactly. you can't really tell. They're like it's it's practice. It's rotating or whatever, so I can't tell. And so, part of me needs to be like, all right, that was last year. You know, like that feeling again was last year. Just be more like you be, be more hopeful, but it's hard, but um, I don't know. I mean, it depends opening day. I think we'll be able to know. Like, I think that game will tell us a lot because there's like Chicharito's got shit to prove. Right. Yeah. And so like seeing how he comes out, seeing if, if he does just wait in the box or if he does that something like I want him to like, not just shine, but like, I want him to be cocky. Like I want him to like take players on. And so like, I think if we do good in that first game, then I think that tells us not obviously the season or whatever, but that I think that tells a lot how the, at least the early part of the seasons go. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what about you, Eric? You're a little quiet over there, bud. Yeah, you got me thinking. I usually keep up with the league as a whole, but this season I, I pretty much lagged on it. That's okay. Uh, going with the teams at the moment that we will have trouble against, uh, definitely feel Philadelphia, definitely feel uh, LAFC is always going to give us trouble, yeah. along with Seattle. Um, especially in the opening, we also get New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I will test from I think with regards to Miami though the, that's the only team I've been looking at they don't have a preseason going on um they're doing like intramural squad training for whatever reason so I don't know COVID. what more we can get out of them but it does it will tell us the direction this team's headed because I think whatever season match I have seen there's this idea of how we can build attacks and get to Chicharito whether that's going to work on a majority of teams or not i'm not sure because colorado in the past has given us trouble as has houston and they've been on the on the bottom with us yeah so it's really a matter of um like derek said how we react in that first miami game and see what rules there i think miami had a, a covid scare yeah they had to cancel their preseason. i think that's yeah. what it was yeah sometimes you just you romanticize miami because it's beautiful but then you realize it's still fucking florida <laughs> so like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think you guys are on the money with that. I really do. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, it's like, if we just, cause that, that's another thing. My next question, I guess I'll just jump into that is it's how we learn from it. And I think that's the story that we're kind of seeing develop. And I like it is seeing kind of how Chicharito is, um, his mentality is transformed a bit. And I don't know if that's how you guys feel, but the second GBS was out, I thought he looked a lot different. I thought I think Chicha looked a lot better. Uh, obviously, I I was against the signing, um, but I, I'm not going to be against a guy doing well. I'm not going to be against a guy changing. So, what do you think? Do you think his demeanor has changed? Do you think that he's a little bit more serious about this now? Like, how do you how do you guys feel about it? Yeah, he certainly wants us to think that. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I mean he tells if us. Yeah, if you've been paying attention to, to what he's been saying and posting uh, the last few months, um, he's, he's going on crazy hikes and he's working personal <laughs> trainers and he's going through Running Canyon. Uh, he's doing all this extra hard work. He, he reportedly came back to preseason training like 
a couple weeks before the team was actually supposed to come back. He was at Dignity Health a couple like weeks early. Um, but no, honestly, I agree. I think it was right around, just like you said, um, right around its time, yes, kind of uh, left the team. Um, he he definitely has this sort of new mentality going in. And I, um, I'm not sure how much of this was true, but I saw that I read somewhere that he had a lot of personal sort of like issues going on around last season. Um, I think it was with his, his, I don't know if his wife or his girlfriend, but something in his family. Yeah. Um, and not being able to like live here or move here completely. And um, he had just had like a son that was born, I think last season as well. Um, but something was going on, I guess, in his personal life with his grandparent or something like that as well. And uh, apparently he just wasn't really in the space when he came here, which I, mean, I understand. Listen, athletes are people, so I can kind mm-hmm. of sympathize and like, I understand it. But yeah, it does seem like he's um, on making the change this year. He keeps telling us that he's he's in debt to us and that he owes us. He's said it like five times in interviews that he owes a great debt to Galaxy fans. Um, so he's saying and and posting all the right things. So um, to be honest, I've never looked at him as a player that played really without kind of heart or grit. I feel like he's done a pretty good job even last season of at least fighting and searching for goals that he didn't really get. But, um, yeah, there is definitely a different sort of spark that I feel like he's got going into this season. So, yeah, yeah, I feel that. We'll get some goals come out of it. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> like, because he's, he's obviously, like, a great player. Yeah. And we just – we haven't seen it. And, like – but, you know, you have, you have personal stuff going on. You have a coach who doesn't believe in you. You have a fan base who's angry at you. And, like, you got to – so – all that's changed this year, right? So I think for the most part, people, the moment he puts balls in the back of the net, everything's forgiven, right? Like, I don't care how much money you spend, everything's forgiven. Um, but until then, it's just like, what I need to do. Maybe I need to like meditate and shit, but like, it's hard to like let go of like that consent. It's almost, it's like Groundhog's Day. It's like, hey, it's going to get better this year. It's going to get better this year. It can't possibly get worse this year. Like, I'm like, I haven't missed a home opener. You know, I'm there all the time. I'm like still believing, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just freaky and like in disbelief. So that's on me. You guys do you. That's on me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a happy Chicharito would be good for us, um, obviously. But um, yeah, with regards to him mentally last year, I don't think he expected to have such a hard time along with whatever his personal life is. Uh, I think that happens with some players that we bring in. Suddenly, like, oh, I didn't know traveling was going to be this hectic for me or uh, the league was a higher quality than expected. But I, I think Vanny understands what Chicharito is going through and how to get the most out of him. He's yeah. making better runs this time. He's communicating better with his teammates. The, the finishing is just not there yet, but it's more promising than before. But again, I... Uh, we can't go on promises, you know, the past five coaches we've had. So I understand the, the angst we have with each game. It's like, am I going to be angry or am I going to be happy after this? I have no idea. But it seems that Chicha's saying the right things, doing the right things. It's just a matter of if it's going to happen on the field or not. Yeah. I'm going to tag in one last opinion on it because I was uh, – what uh, what Eric and Derek were kind of saying made me think of something. that um, They actually had a – got. They had like a preseason game earlier today against Salt Lake, and uh, the majority of a lot of the new signings that we had got a little bit, at least some minutes to play today. 
I was kind of watching. I tuned in and watched the game, and um, we had Victor Vasquez, who was signed, start up top, pretty close to Chicharito, kind of playing that cam and that striker role that people are talking about. And we ended up winning game 1-0. Victor Vasquez scored that one goal. And hopefully this is part of the system that Greg Vanny was talking about that he wanted to create. But if you go back and look at that goal and look at some of the other highlights, um, you see Victor Vasquez and Chicharito always kind of circling in the same areas on the field. And the goal comes from a situation just like that. The ball gets sent in. Chicharito makes a run. It's passed back to him. Just like uh, Eric was saying, he couldn't finish it. Still got to work on his finishing. But Victor Vasquez was right one step next to him and ended up just tapping it right in an empty net. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm one of the fans that honestly thinks that he failed last season for multiple reasons, not just because, you know, he wasn't finished um, and because, you know, personal things that he had going on in his life. But we genuinely didn't have a system built around him that was going to work. You know, we didn't have a team that was there to create op- opportunities and chances for him that often. I didn't see Chirito missing 20 or 30 sitters last season. I saw him just walking around on the field, just not involved, yeah. which tells me that there's something going on here. Um, I see him just running and chasing defenders, but not really involved in the play. So it was a multitude of things, and hopefully each one of those solved this. Yeah. and You said something about like the system was it set up for him when he came. I don't think there was a system. The yeah. system was like, <laughs> if anything, it was like, you know, just lob balls in True. and like, I don't know his stats. Maybe you guys can look it up, but I don't know how tall Javier is, but he's not like Zlatan and like the play didn't change. There was like hardly any, like there were, it's hard to find triangles in the last few years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so today the goal was really good. It was a, it was like a triangle. It was nice. Uh, even, you know, Chicharito was like, he did like a cool little twirl, like a little back hill. And like, hopefully that's more of it. I, 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 I hope we don't like pretend that we build a system around one player. Like that's not a, that's not a system. Yeah. That's like that scene in like, what kicking and screaming when they're like, get it to the two Italian twins. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, we, we have one Mexican, they have two Italian twins, same philosophy. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess maybe to close it out on the Chicha thing and, and you guys can jump in on this after I say it, but let me paint this picture for you. Like story wise, we had a bad season last season. Chicha was going through a bunch of stuff in his personal life. The galaxy need a hero. Greg Vanny comes on. He starts listening to everybody. All of a sudden, Chicharito is confident. His life starts getting better, and the Galaxy start getting better. And we start off slow, but we end up going to the playoffs. We win an MLS Cup, and then a movie's made about us. That's a fucking story, dude. That's optimistic Johnny coming in. And that's all I'm going to that's, that's say about it. Is I, as the story of the situation is developing itself. Now you have like this, 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 this focused, dedicated... You know, Chicharito. And he's like, I want to do this. I owe this to the fans. And imagine this, okay? At the end of the season, you know, we win the MLS Cup. He walks over to Angel City Brigade. He walks over to Riot Squad. We all love Chicharito. We love him. And that's how his movie ends. I think that this is a this is setting up for a beautiful hero's tale. And if Chicharito can do that, he will be... Like that would be legendary, and I, I don't know. Can he do that? Obviously, this is the sports game. This is the sports business, and obviously, a lot of the time that doesn't work out that way. But I'm just saying, if it ended up working out that way, we would, we as a fan base, would never forget that, and we're a little overdue for a hero. I feel like. 
I can't see Eric, but I can everyone else on the screen lit up <laughs> at that story, at the possibility, ear to ear grins. And like nobody cut you off. Nobody said that's not going to happen. We were like, dude, Johnny's preaching right now. And we are on board. Like I'm with, you know, you changed, you changed my mind with that. That's what I want to see. I don't want my head hung like for nine and a half months. Like I'm with you, Johnny. Thank you. And, and I always keep thinking, cause I, this is how I want to do it. And this is how ESPN will report it is it'll show like that, like meme photo of like Chicharito on the grass, like going like, uh, and then it'll show like a photo of him with like the MLS cup the next year, you know, and it'll be like, don't give up boy. Don't give up. Oh geez. Sorry. That pumped me up. Whew, I'm it'll sweating. Like how, it'll say, it'll be like that meme. It'll be like how it started, how it's going, how it's going. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, all pumped upness aside, I, I, I feel like he looks a lot better. I feel like we haven't seen a lot of him in the preseason. Um, you know, and let's just to move it on to preseason a bit, dude, I don't understand what it is. And for all the galaxy fans that are probably listening to this, Y'all got chill. It's preseason. Like, I have so many people being like, oh, um, are you serious? We're, we're terrible again. Wow, we're terrible again. And it's like, listen, if we do preseason and we're killing it every game, that means something's wrong. That means the coach isn't using players properly. Like, we have to, like, have some bad things happen to learn. That's the point of preseason. So, I don't know. Like, let's break that apart. Like, how do you guys think the preseason's going? Like, you know, do you think the fans are overreacting? Like, blow it up. This uh, is where I'll be an optimist all of a sudden. Uh, yes. In short, in short, yes, fans are overreacting. Um, I saw someone make a post the other day, like, um, like if you think preseason won't reflect the real season, then you're crazy. And I was like, uh, we signed like eight players, and none of them have literally touched the field in this mm-hmm. preseason. Um, this is an, this is literally we're watching Galaxy Two play right now, with the exception of like stairs and like ten minutes of Chicharito. That was that's pretty much how the preseason went. Um, so yes, people are overreacting. Um, preseason never ever reflects the season in my mind um, at all. Um, and especially in the MLS, MLS is so different. Um, and you know, we, you go through strides in the season, especially here in the MLS. So I, I think people are overreacting. Um, and again, if you, if we're talking about this as a whole, th- this is a project, right? This is what we've been promised that this time. I mean, we said that kind of last time when GBS was here, it was, it was three years that we gave him, but th- this one is a project that's being run by somebody who apparently Greg Vanny says that loves projects and is really good at them. And we've at least seen him be successful at the Toronto project. Um, very successful. So it's somebody that we can at least have a lot more hope for. And, you know, we, if this is a project, we can't be basing on this guy's first preseason as our head manager. Uh, you got to give it time. You got to give it, you got to probably give it a full season to see if this is, you know, going to be working out the way that we want it to. Um, yeah, it, it's preseason, man. We don't even have our squad here. Um, we're signing a bunch of new players that we need to fit into the system that Greg wants. Um, yeah, you're probably not going to see, you're not going to see it preseason. You might not see it by June. Um, you know, you, we, we've got to be patient. I feel like we really should be patient for this one. So we'll see, but yeah, definitely overreacting. Yeah. The game's not played the same in preseason and there, you know, there's times where a player, you know, a midfielder might be a yard off the ball. 
in the season, he's going to fucking lunge for that. You know what I mean? He's going to slide. It's a whole different thing. You're not going to injure yourself on a preseason. You're not, it's a completely different thing. It's practice with 11 other people practicing with you. Um, it's, it's a way for the referees to practice. It's a way for camera. It's, it's all it is. Yeah. Um, June, June's, I think a little too long to wait. Like I, I, I think if we're into June and we don't like see progress, I think we have a right to be like pissed off. Yeah. Still hopeful and stuff, but I don't, I don't want to just keep like, this goes back to the rebuilding. I don't want to just keep being like, okay, it'll, it'll, it'll kick in, it'll kick in. But it seems even just back to the Jersey, the Jersey tied into the way that it feels like there's coming, there's like a coming together of identity. And not just like identity of fan base, but identity of like history and winning. Um, but yeah, I, I went on a rant, but preseason doesn't matter. Yeah, no, but you're, <laughs> I mean, you're on it though, man. You really are. And it's like, I feel like we're, you know, hey, dear Galaxy fans, I get it. We're, we're, we're used to being depressed and sad about this team with all this stuff going on. But let's just chill a sec. And you're right. Let's just wait till that at Miami game. Let's see what we're working with. And if things don't suck, or if things suck till June, then we can be disappointed. But until then, let's just take a chill pill. Eric, what do you think about it? Sorry, I I, I, I didn't give you an opportunity to, to, to weigh in. No, I, I don't know if Bruce Arena said this, or it might have been one of my coaches, but preseason doesn't mean anything till it does type deal. I, I don't know what people want to really get out of this. We're not going to win 5-0 or, or be dominated either. It's really a matter of what is Greg Benny trying to do. And if anything, what we got is that he, he made our debt better, I feel. Uh, certainly, I think I have players that I feel more effective off the bench, like Pi or um, Dunbar. I definitely see them being effective. Um, and then the game today was the first time we saw a potential starting 11 because Granzer got subbed off 25 minutes in. So for me, I saw a lot of good things. I, I think if we want to take something legit negative is that our uh, center back situation doesn't seem settled because uh, Steris keeps starting, but he keeps getting paired with somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. Today was, it was the, the Pew. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I think it's the Pew. Yeah. And then there was somebody else beforehand that I can't remember right now. It's, it's missing my head. So Keep in mind, I, and this is sorry, and sorry to cut you off. Keep in mind, though, Williams is injured. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So it, it's really more of a Vanny trying to see what he can work with to, to bring to Miami. And I feel for the most part, he knows what he's going to do, which is, I think, the best thing you can take out of preseason as a coach who knows what he wants to do. Yeah. And that's that's how I feel about it. Um, and I think we'll find out where we're at three, four games into, into the season because we're, we're going against some heavy hitters in Seattle, LAFC, New York Red Bulls, and some softer ones, maybe in Austin FC and into Miami. So... It'll be good to see how we do get teams that are supposed to be at the bottom and then teams at the top. So yeah, hopefully good news for us. Waiting game. Yeah. And I agree. And I guess something that I noticed in preseason, which I want to jump to our next one is like, how, how do you, how do you guys feel about, we've done a lot of G2 work. We've done a lot of getting players from G2. We've, we, we've been, it seems that we've been using them a lot in the preseason, kind of learning about what their strengths and weaknesses. Like how, how do you guys feel about that? And you guys, uh, talk it out real quick. I'm just going to get some water real quick. But, uh, yeah, how do you guys feel about the uh, the the G2 players we've been using? I 
I feel we finally have G2 players that are being promoted properly in the sense of, oh, you're a defender. This is how you're going to play in the, in the second team. The first team, this is the system we're looking at. As before, I think we had a, a very good G2 team. They would make the playoffs and everything. But then they get to the senior side and they don't get a chance because we're reacting so much to trying to win now that we're sending other players to replace a departing player as opposed to looking into our own youth because they don't know where they can fit him in because I, you guys have been bringing it up. There was no system to begin with. Uh, that's how I feel about G2 uh, at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I feel like, especially last season, honestly, we uh, we signed a lot of G2 guys to first-team contracts last season. And we did the same this season, um, but we didn't give them a chance. You know, the only player I think that got a chance really last season was Zubak, and that's only because we had no other striker on the roster, and Chichita was injured for most of that time. So, you know, there are a lot of players that, you know, we – We've for sure been using in the preseason. Um, I, I'm a big Dunbar fan. I love watching that kid mm -hmm. play. He's a lot more technical than I think people realize. He's obviously got speed. Um, and I wish, you know, he was in the first team last year. I wish we got to see more of him. We saw him for like a sec at the MLS's back tournament. That was pretty much a hit. Um, and, you know, we saw little bits again of other players like Kareniak and, um, we saw Gordon Wild like once the MLS is back tournament as well. He's gone now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we, and, but we keep signing him, right? We signed Jalen Neal for Kranis, um, a couple other guys from G2 again this year. But I think Eric said it best, you know, is that we didn't give him really a shot. And what we did do instead was sign a few of them and, and put them in a position where they're filling holes for first team players, which isn't really how we should be using them, in my opinion. You know, these are guys that we're trying to develop, right? These aren't guys who are ready to be starting every MLS game. Um, and, you know, they're used in, you know, in other games, we can use them as substitutes, um, bring them in for like the last 10, 15 minutes of a game, rotate them from time to time. You know, when we had, I mean, it's obviously different now, but when we had open cup games or other, you know, you know, tournaments that we're participating in, give them a run. You know, that's what they're there for. It's games like that where we're going to need them. Um, if we're up, Two, three nil by the 70, 80th minute, tossing a couple G2 guys, rest some legs, you know. It's the best way to get them that experience and that development they need. Cause, you know, we saw how G2 did last year. They did, they had one of their best seasons ever. Mm -hmm. um, and if we're going to sign those guys, we got to use them. You know, we got to use them the right way. I agree with that. And I think that was my biggest frustration about GBS was like, you know, I, I, I still can't wrap my head around his logic with it. The MLS back tournament was a nightmare. But the best thing about it, and I think a lot of us were saying it was, man, did you see Dunbar? Man, we really sucked. But did you see Dunbar? And we never used him. Maybe we subbed him in at the very end of the games. But it's like, how could you? How do you mentally do that? Like, how do you get all of these G two players and then say, I'm not going to develop these guys at all? So I guess you know, do you, do you feel like Vanny's going to be the guy for that? Like to develop these guys to get Dunbar in the field more, field more, um, maybe to find Zubak's strengths. Like, how do you guys feel like about that? I'm going gonna... to. Thing and pass it off to let you go, Derek. But sorry, just no, no, you're good. You're good. I, I want Zubek gone. I'm a, I'm a hot take, hot take. Yeah, I need Zubek out of here. I'm sorry. Ah. I appreciate what he did last season, filling in that big role. Um, but I don't know. I'm watching him. I'm watching the preseason now, playing this weird new right wing position that Greg has been trying to test out with him. But I, even last season, you know, I, I don't see a player in Zubek who 
has any sort of creativity or any sort of, you know, just fight to score goals and get four. I don't see any technical ability from this kid. I see a guy who gets the ball and immediately passes it backwards and doesn't want to deal with any defender, any – John, you got to stop hyping me up. I'm going to go all night. I know, dude. You're, he's standing up right now. He's yeah. slowly yeah. standing no, up. I just, standing. I just don't see any sort of talent that he can offer our team. And honestly, I hear people saying we should loan him back to G2. I think that would be – too much. I think that would be too much of a promotion for the guy. We should fucking break his ankles, never <laughs> let him play this game again. I'll, I'll Fuck leave that with, kid. I'll, I'll leave it with this. I'll leave it with this. Um, um, Augie Williams, right? Striker. Had an amazing season last season with G2. How is that guy not on a first-team contract? And Zubac still is. Why is he not being loaned down to G2? And why are we not giving a 15 goals last season, Augie Williams, a chance to be Chicharito's backup? You know, he's had a few chances in preseason. He's looked decent. He scored a couple goals, I think, in a lot of those closed preseason matches that we heard about. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's where I'm out in terms of Zubak. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give us back to Derek to answer that question. Uh, two things real quick. I'm going to touch on something you said about the Open Cup. The Open Cup is very pivotal for, like, that jump that G2 is going to have. And – I, am I wrong? I think it's coming back this year just on a like a shortened format. Am I wrong? I don't know. How, you're you're I, half right. I'm half right. Okay, cool. That's all I can do. That's that's half. That's half more. Uh, but I don't know. You know, like how LA fits in it. I don't. I don't know anything about the Open Cup. But that's something that has been missed. I'm not throw Zubek away. I think he got a lot of hype because of the LAFC game, and I think we expected too much. Like, we thought that goal, okay, he's going to take over. He's our number 10. He, we're fine now. And I, I want to keep him, develop him, try him out on the wing, give him some moments. Uh, I don't feel like you, Michael, and I don't think we should break his ankles. He's a human <laughs> being. I don't agree with you on that one. Now, Derek, I think we should break his ankles because I know I'm okay, but okay, I'll t- <laughs> yeah, hi there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. At the very least, it'll give him time to recover and and you know spend some improvement time on the sidelines. Yeah. I also like that you call him a kid after being like, "Get rid of that kid. I don't like that kid." Yeah. <laughs> how how old is he? He's got to be in the twenty-two. Young 20s, no? That's twenty-two. Right, I think. Let's check. I got two monitors. He's twenty-two, he's twenty-three. Yeah, he's he's still young. You know. And that's after a year 22. and a half on the first team. Yeah, but Eric, I mean, yeah, and, and you're right, Eric. I mean, maybe maybe he does need time, like more time on the bench, and maybe that pressure wasn't there. But you know, okay, <clears throat> I know he gets a lot of hate, but I'm going to pull this out of the hat. Uh, a lot of people said, you know, oh, we shouldn't put as much pressure on Pulisic and all this stuff. And then Alexi Lalas was like, well, if we want him to be great, we got to put pressure on him. And I, I think that that's how it is with Zubac. And I think to me, when I watch Zubac. I just don't think he's talented. At the end of the day, he's just not talented. Dear God. Thank you. But, but that's the thing is that like any – but you have to be good, right, to play at this level. You have to be like at some sort of you know ta- like point to, pl- to play here. Zubak is slow. He's not creative. He's – I literally can't think of any <laughs> redeemable qualities that he has. And the thing is he's passionate about the club. You know he's he's obviously connected and and he's he has like he has put time in the club and and, and I want him to get better, um, but that point that entire season last season 
not even the entire, it was not a big season, but he had so many games to prove something, to show us something. And even the goal he scored for LAFC wasn't that impressive. It wasn't like he fucking cut through four defenders and then shot like this. Like, didn't he header? Wasn't it just like a header? It was a header from an Araujo cross. Yeah. Just a header. Just a header. I could do <laughs> a header. No. Six yard box. <laughs> but okay we yeah we can't we will not break Zubac's legs but i do i that's what i agree though i don't if and then say like okay what, what if we put him back to g2 i don't think g2 is the answer i think oh that i think that he it's he he's either got to sit on the bench and develop a bit more and figure out what where his strength is at which that's kind of vanny's mo is finding where players should play and what they're good at and what they're bad at um but if that doesn't work, I don't think Zubak has really uh, a, a, fu- a future uh, here. I mean, who would you rather have, Lasseter or, or Zubak? I mean, okay, well, Lasseter the- now. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to compare him now, Lasseter, but a G2 Lasseter or a Zubak, I'd I, I I play 10 men, if anything. 10 men? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Lasseter for us, uh, he tried his best. Same thing with Zubak, tried his best. The finishing touch just wasn't there. He goes down to Costa Rica. He, something good happens there, and um, he gets to Houston, and suddenly he can score a goal here and there. And it, he just seems to be only getting better because I feel I think he's getting calls back to the Costa Rican team. Within Concacaf, is a powerhouse in their own way. They develop some good players every now and again. Yeah. But uh, for now, yeah, I think uh, I'm back on Subak. I don't think he should get that much more playing time when we have Williams uh, coming in. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's completely um, fallen from us. I th- he had a good run today in those three minutes he had. My problem with Subak is that he always finds a way to sort of mess up, like at the final touch. I've never seen a striker not be aggressive in the box to try and get a goal. He seems way too calm. Yeah. And it's really, really baffling. If they can get him that killer instinct, then he can be serviceable. But at the moment, it's not It's not looking good for Subban. And that's a really good take. That's a really good take. Because I think that's my thing. Is is With everything we've said about breaking his ankles and not liking everything <laughs> he's done, the one thing I will say is I don't want to give up on him. There's something that's linking me like to him. I like Zubak, like, and I can't tell you why. I And obviously, I want everybody to do well. I don't like Sirs. But if he did well, I'd be stoked. But there's something about Zubak. Like, if we announced tomorrow that Zubak wasn't on the team anymore, I'd probably be kind of bummed. I'd be like, shit, dude, that sucks, you know? And and just to, like, close off on the whole Zubak thing, um, I think that in the first game where he was playing on the wing, I liked a lot of what I saw. He wasn't perfect, but he seemed like he felt more at home when he would like get the ball, go to the wing, try to get Chicharito in. Like he, he seemed like he was really pushing the ball forward, and then we would develop a play. So yeah, I think it was uh, Michael who said, um, "Yeah, like he just passes it back." That's true. But if he runs all the way down the field and then passes it back, and then an attack develops, I'm cool with that. And I saw that in the first preseason game of that. You know, uh, who was it we played? Was it Revolution? Yeah, revolution. So that that's just my takeaway from it. Um, but I guess... No, yeah, I, I agree with that. But honestly, from what I was watching, I, I wasn't seeing that. You know, I was seeing a guy who, who I mean, in his own... He has, he has the right to be uncomfortable in a position that he's not never played, really. Um, but, you know, if anything else, you know, more than anything else, I feel like I saw a guy who was playing a preseason game, who was probably the most capped player on the field at the moment, 
I think he even had the captain's armband a couple times this preseason and maybe was feeding off of that sort of role and energy uh, to play a little bit better. Um, but it could be a playing style difference. But if I'm putting a guy in the wing, I want him running at players. I want him running at defenders. I want him putting in crosses, whether in the air, on the ground. Um, if we're passing back to create other options somewhere else, totally fine with that. But when I saw Zubak doing this, it just seemed like he didn't have the knowledge or the skill to actually take anything up the field enough. So, you know, he's just like, well, what's the next best thing I can do? Let's at least hold on to possession and, and we'll give it back and we'll see if we can work something from there. Yeah. Um, again, it does tie into what you're saying, though, Johnny, which he did probably was thinking you should do. I don't think he should be like a starting 11. Yeah. But I do think he has potential and I do think he's a good or he he can be a good backup. I'm not I agree with you. He hasn't been great. But like aside from Pavone, nobody had a great year last year. Like if 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 last year was the last last year was your only time seeing the galaxy. There's very few players where you're like, oh, they need to bring them back. Um, like I I have I have some because like they're favorite players of mine, but like nobody set the league on fire last year. Yeah. Pavone aside. Um, but I think you just need more time. I like him. Yeah, and and that's my thing. Like, it's funny. I'm in the middle. Like, I I don't like him, but I want to give him more. Oh, I like him. I don't like him as a player, but I want to give him more time. And, and something that – so I, I, I interviewed Mac Thompson. Uh, he's a big dude in Orange County when it comes to, like, soccer. He's huge about the culture here. He's amazing. He's amazing. And if I could get him to talk to us one of these days, that would be awesome. Uh, but basically, Mac, uh, he said – because he used to coach uh, soccer as well, he said. So the thing he notices with American soccer is that when we overstructure things, you could tell by the, uh, how that player performs that they were an overstructured player. But when a player has the opportunity to, to this sounds cheesy, play, they play it as something that gives them enjoyment, that's how they get their creativity. So then when you look at the two players, you look at, let's say, Zubak and Dunbar, okay? Who plays and has fun and, and, and who is overly structured? You know, yeah, good point. And I think that that's the seed of it. And maybe Zubac is just a product of, you know, the a failure of how we as Americans have handled the sport up until a certain point. So you know, yeah, I, I hope Zubac turns it around. I think that this season's different, and I think that Vanny's entire thing is finding strengths within players. And if Z- if he does that with Zubac, I would be ecstatic. I would be so stoked. And you know, I like I've I've yelled at Zubac on the field before, and he's been so nice. Like that's I think that's maybe why I love Zubac is because I'm just biased toward the guy, you know. But yeah, so that's that's my little thing. Um, I want to move it on because I got a couple more questions and then we might have to wrap it up soon. But out of all of the players this season that are going in, we've talked about a lot. We've talked about Zubac, Chicha, we've talked about Sturs, we talked about Araujo. Who do you think is going to be the standout player? Is it going to be one of our new signings? Is it going to be one of the returning guys? Who who, who do you think? I think Jonah. Like I'm, I'm with, I'm on him this year. I think, uh, I think the role that he will be allowed to play with Vasquez coming in will suit him well. Um, and so like just personally, I think that's who I'm looking for. Like that's who, like, I want to, I want to see what kind of season he has. Cause I think he might, I think he might be like the glue for us. I like that. What about you, Mike? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to add on a different piece to kind of what Derek was saying. Um, but 
I think Jonah's season will depend on sort of the last missing piece that we're missing, which is a defensive midfielder. And Greg Vanny spoke about wanting a player in that position. We still don't have a player in that position that we at least can assume is going to be a starting player. We've got Carlos Harvey. Um, we have Saldana who played today uh, in that role, but I don't think those are the guys that Vanny wants to start. And I think, as he said, you know, as Derek was saying, if we can get a guy in that defensive for the role, I think Jonah will shine with Vasquez in front of him, just like you were saying. But he needs support behind him, and that'll give him that freedom to play that box-to-box role that I think, personally, he's best at playing, um, that eight role more than that six role. Um, but, yeah, aside from that, I think there are a couple of players that we obviously really haven't gotten to see yet, like some who we haven't seen at all. But I think one of our best players this season, just I guess on a technicality, is going to be Jonathan Bond. Um, we we all had a pretty we criticized Bingham a lot last year. A lot of people did. I was I was one of them. Um, and after taking a look at a few games that Bond play, and not just seeing how he performs, but seeing that apparently he communicates a lot at the back line and he's yelling at him and you know giving him instructions. I think we're all going to look back, hopefully, on on him as a very positive signing this year. And that's a great – I didn't think you'd say that, but you're not wrong. That That's a great – because I, I always forget that, and that that's so messed up. I feel like I'm a jerk because Jonathan Bond has been great. Everything I've seen from Bond has made me so excited. And and, and I, I, I said this, but I said that Bond seems like he's going to be the, the best keeper we've had since Pinedo. You know, I think I agree with that. yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it just, yeah, it just seems like he's doing everything right. Like, fuck, dude, I hate, I, I hated David Bingham, dude. I said it forever. I said it forever. I was like, why was he with us that long? He should have been gone after that first season. I mean, last season when we played Portland, do you guys remember their game? There was a, g- a game against Portland where I think we won like five three. It was a really high scoring game, yeah. and in that game. Portland scored three offside goals, and it was called offside. They, they, they called it back. But every single one of those goals were to David Bingham's near post. Like, in a, in a super crazy, like, pocket that, like, I could defend. And I don't know. That was just a dis- – you know, it was insane to me to think how bad that was. But then it always, always made me think, well, you know what? Like, there is a point where, like, we – you know, the keeper – like maybe maybe we did so – like, we were bad. But maybe we were a lot worse because of that. So maybe one of the big missing links is our keeper. And seeing Jonathan Bond, like I was so I was so excited about it. And I was gonna say the player I was gonna say was actually, and I talk a lot of shit on this guy too, but I'm excited this year about him, Sebastian Legit. Um I was going to say I'm excited about Sebastian Legit, but then hearing you say that, I actually I'm gonna change my answer to Bond. Because yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of that because I, I Bing was probably my my least favorite player last season, honestly. Um and one of the biggest reasons is I'm, I'm tired of hearing people say it wasn't Bingham's fault. We had a shitty defense. There, there's, there's no reason we can't have both. You know, there are, a goalie has certain responsibilities that defenders are not expected to cover or to fix or to solve. And just like you were saying in that Portland game, I think I remember the one you're talking about. Um, they're just simple mistakes. I, I'd watch this guy just trying to catch a ball, right? A, a ball that he should be catching in his chest but he would just literally slap it right back at the penalty area for someone else to come and just shoot a second ball in. And I'm like, a a defender is not going to save a shot coming, you know, or a header coming from the box. You know, that's, that's not always going to happen. 
you know, balls fly through. It's, it's, we can't put a brick wall in front of the keeper. Yeah. Um, and I'm watching him just parry balls, not even out of danger, just straight into danger zones in the middle of the box. I'm watching him miss punches off of corner kicks. I'm watching him take goal kicks that are literally going into the sidelines every single time. I'm wondering how much of that we can blame on the defense basically, but yeah, he's, uh, I'm personally just kind of glad that he's moved on. Um, and again, I don't think it was entirely the defense fault uh, last season. So, yeah, I was pretty tough for him. You can't blame the center back for, like, any time he would kick the ball, it would be on the sideline. Like, you can have a highlight reel from last season. And, like, you can have everything you said about, like, the punches, the near post not being covered. Uh, I, I can think of, like, four off the top of my head where he slapped it like slapped it straight to the guy and it wasn't like they had to do an amazing finish um he's not even here we're like fuck bingo you fuck said him. Who, you said who are we most excited to see and you're like no let me dredge up this motherfucker yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah i i think that and again i'm going off topic here but i just want to say this We've seen it, like, and again, I'm, I'm freaking reaching, but just stay with me here. We see this in, like, you know, with Liverpool, for example. Uh, when Van Dyke got hurt, Trent Alexander-Arnold all of a sudden wasn't looking too good. He wasn't looking that great. And you see that, like, there's link. There's obviously a link with players, and players play well with other players, obviously. So that's why I'm saying, in my dream scenario, Jonathan Bond is a link to an issue that we had last year with an obvious keeper issue. And then... Uh, going to Sturz, Sturz, I've always thought he couldn't keep up, but maybe having Derek Williams next to him, having a Rajo, you know, or having a Rajo near him or Valafania, maybe that's going to bring the best out of Sturz. Maybe it was just these small issues we had to tweak and get some new players to just tighten up our defense, and, and maybe it's enough. You know, maybe maybe having a guy like Bond and Williams will be enough to help us out. You know, and Valafania, obviously. But yeah, so my my vote's Bond. I think Mike, you said Bond, right? Yeah, Bond. All right, Derek, who you got? I got Jonah. All right, Jonah, that's it. And Eric. No, Nola, I had Bond, and I think Michael sums it up perfectly. I think we're all traumatized from Bingham. (laughs) I think it didn't help uh, that when Klinsman got plugged in, the same thing would happen, three to four goals with leaks. But with Klinsman's case, I would think it it was a cost of the defense not being good enough to to hold it down. So I I do think we saw the difference there. I I think Klinsman's a lot more – going to be more talented than Bingham. I don't think it was all there for him to command a back lane the way Bond has because Bond, um, to add more, he, his distributing skills from his feet were, were better. I think in today's match, he was able to curve the ball around the defender and it actually, you know, stay in field as opposed to when Bingham, you're like, well, no, he gave it back. But to add a different player that I feel needs to have a breakthrough and I know, you know, pressure is not always good, but I think Efra needs to have a very solid year for us. Yeah. Um, considering everything's going on with him, you know, um, it, I think him being, you know, um, picked up by both national teams is good for him. But I think he really needs to settle with us first before he can make these more mature decisions. He is only 18. And uh, if you grew up in a, in a Latino household like that, you know, they expect you to have everything down by 18. So for him to be like, oh, I have to decide my team now when he can literally have more time to decide later it is uh, detrimental to a growth with him because if he goes good with us, he can decide everything later. But he definitely needs to have a solid season for us first before everything else rolls down uh, down the line for him. And, and what a good, yeah, good take. And how did I forget? How do we – like none of us have mentioned Alvarez. 
And yeah, that you're you're completely on the money with that. I think he he does need to prove himself. I think he kind of came in like really cocky, and I think that he thought like, oh, you know, I'm I'm an up and coming, and oh, you know, maybe I'm going to open up an issue here when I say this, but like, why why are we fighting for this dude for a national team? Why are both of these national teams freaking out? Like, I feel like Alvarez hasn't really. Like he's good. I think Alvarez is great. I think he's an amazing potential to be fantastic. But like the last, you know, two seasons, it's it's not like he's been like groundbreaking. You know, it's not like he's been like Mbappe shocking. It's not like when he's on the field, you could tell he's on the field. You know. No, I, I think. No, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Eric. No, I was gonna say I, I think now uh, Mexico is at a point where like okay, we need to get as many of our talented players on this side because. Um, on the other side, what do you guys say? We do have a, a very strong starting eleven that Alvarez may have a hard time cracking as opposed to Mexico. But uh, Mexico has an aging team. You know, you got players leaving. So for Alvarez, it might be easier to get there. It doesn't mean that he's um, can't crack the USA. It's just one pass seems a little more straightforward uh, for him right now. So I just think both sides are like, we need a talent on every position to, to combat what they're doing. So it's just... I think a natural thing of competition. They're not looking at just third stringers, looking at fourth, fifth, or sixth to to really ramp up their their federations' respective uh, teams. Yeah, no, I was yeah. I was just gonna say uh, I, I was speaking to one of my friends about this, and I think Efra's technically been on the first team for two seasons, and this is will be his third, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when you think about last season, right? Um, you've got a player, Efrain Alvarez, who we, we just keep talking about. We just keep hearing about, like you said, Johnny, the potential, the potential in this kid, the potential. But if you think back to last season, basically what I was trying to say is that one of my friends told me that, you know, if we were as bad as we were last season and a player like Efrain Alvarez with the potential that he has is not cracking his way into the starting 11 a little more often than he did at the very least, there's a problem there. You know, we had a terrible season last year. But this guy was still coming off the bench the majority of the time. Um, and I know that obviously his preferred position is that cam roll. You know, we tried – we keep putting him on that right wing, but he just he just keeps drifting back to the middle and he just can't really shake it. And we had Sebastian playing there who, for his standards, you know, I mean, overall I guess was, was – had like one of his best goal-scoring seasons last year. He was doing pretty solid for himself. Um, so maybe that obviously is another issue that – why he's not getting in. But, yeah, I agree that – I think it's time that we stop speaking about his potential and start seeing it applied, you know, onto the field. You know, if he's going to be that prodigy that we keep talking about and two national teams are chasing after him, he's, he's gotta, he's gotta produce for his club yeah. a little bit more. Like something that I noticed last season was that whenever we put him more central, like, I mean, okay, this isn't fair because, you know, we were always really bad, but like, you know, whenever, whenever he was on the field, it's like he wasn't really able to possess. And I think it was like, might get hate for this, but he didn't really have, like, confidence or creativity whenever he had the ball. It always seemed like any position we put him in wasn't the right position. And the thing is, is, you know, having a guy like Zlatan say, like, oh, this, this kid's it. This kid's really good. Like, you know... That mean that has to mean something. There has to be something there, and we ha- like I've seen it. Like I've seen. We, I think we've all seen little moments here and there with Alvarez where it's like, oh, okay, like there it is. But most of it has kind of been like a, you know, what are you doing, dude? You know, it's there. Like I, I if I had to put both of them, Zubac and Alvarez, side by side, 
and like how they're doing. Like on the ball, I I like Alvarez a lot more. I like him a lot more than I like Zubac. It seems like he he he's a lot better uh, in that sense, but he's still not doing enough, and he's still not adding that that you know what we want you know to the team, the creativity to the team, the pace to the team. He's just not adding that. So again, I've said I've beaten the dead I'm beating the dead horse here. Vanny, he could unlock that. He could say, "All right, man, listen, where do you want to play? What can we do? Where are you comfortable?" And maybe he can unlock that. Maybe he'll give. Maybe Alvarez needs to be on the bench a little bit more. And and you know, like I, I think Vanny's going to do a good job, uh, kind of judging that, if that makes sense. But that's just my take on it. But any, anything else on Alvarez? No, uh, you were <clears throat> sorry. You were asking about like players, right? And like players to watch and yeah. Uh, and I think we might. You can. I think we're all on the same page when it comes to. Vanny has our trust, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, we feel like he's there. He gets what we want. He gets what it means. Um, And so like seeing how he handles, like GBS didn't handle Chicharito, right? Right. Like he fucked that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even I'm going to get shit for this. Bruce putting Zardas on right back. Like, fucking stupid that's not anything i'm gonna say it just popped in my head because we were talking (laughs) about galaxy and coaches so bruce arena popped up but seeing how vanny manages players like you're talking about how he manages zubek and alvarez and how he the the schedule is going to be travel's not going to be like the biggest part of this year as it usually is we're going to play the same teams a lot so like a lot of the excuses for travel and stuff kind of go out the window. So I, I'm just excited to see how he can get the best out of everybody. <clears throat> and I think we all, he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like what you said there because when GBS came, I think it was a different type of trust. I don't think it was a trust. I think it was like an excitement that we had. I think we we're like, oh man, GBS, Boca Juniors. But then when when shit started going down, we started saying, well, being good with Boca Juniors is like being good with a team like Juventus. They're always going to be on the top, no matter who their manager is and who's, you know, like rebuilding a team on the top from second place to first place, I don't think is that impressive. And I think a lot of people started to see that as GBS was failing. But having a team like Toronto, rebuilding a team like Toronto in a league like the MLS where it's the tables are never the same, that's that's truly impressive. And I think that that's where we all sat back. I think to the GBS thing, this is going to sound nuts, I think it was like kind of a weird exper- uh, experiment, if you will, with MLS, saying, okay, well, how is this high-level coach from another very competitive league going to do when he comes into our league? And what we learned was is co- maybe we should have gone with Caleb Porter. You know, maybe we should have made that decision. Maybe we should have stuck with an MLS coach that has that experience. And uh, I think that's why with Vanny, we say, you know what? He's battle-tested. He played for the Galaxy. He loves the Galaxy. He went to the MLS Cup three times or twice with Toronto. He won one of them. Uh, he's the guy. He's the guy. He knows how this league works. So I think we're all on the same page about that. If I'm wrong, you know, let me know. But... Uh, do you guys want? Are we, are we good to wrap it up on that? Because I have one last topic to go over. Yeah, no, we're good. All right, here's my last one. Each of you, tell me, are we gonna are we gonna be good this season or bad? Just straight up, 
how you look, how you feeling going into the season out of five. And that's going to be the last bit of this for this, uh, this little round table here. Uh, I felt different at the beginning of this, Johnny. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. That <laughs> fucking stupid ass story that <laughs> fucking got me. And I'm like, no, we're, we're doing it. We're getting to the cup. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Fuck, fuck me from two hours ago. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think, I think we make the playoffs. I think we go deep in the playoffs and what does Chicharito do? Like come over and personally thank you or something. He thanks what us. What did you say? <laughs> oh, I thought us. he like, shipped. I thought he was like, Johnny, it's you boy. It's you. Yeah. No, or that. Yeah. Or that we go back. No. <laughs> okay. Out of five, give it, give a season, give a, a judgment of the season out of five. I'll do four. That's fair. Mike. Um, I'll say three. Um, I, I say we get into the playoffs. Um, a big chunk of that is because we have to. We really have to. Like we, if we don't get into the playoffs, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where people's heads are going to be out over Greg Vanny at that point. That might even change. Um, yeah, no, I think we make the playoffs. I think, I think we can take an early exit. I'm going to be uh, a little more pessimistic. Um, but. We can't be as worse as bad as last year, right? It's the only way is up from right here. So, yeah, um, yeah. I'd say say by three, definitely some improvements, but we're not we're not cup, quite cup uh, contenders yet, in my opinion. Fair, okay, Eric. Uh, I'm gonna go in the in between three and a half. I feel that uh, I feel Vanny was like a good starting point for us in terms of uh, having a, a system built. I I definitely agree with Michael. We we make the playoffs because we have to. We just have to. We can't be no playoffs for for the past five years. It would be, so we got to make it. Uh, it's probably again though an early round exit, but just getting there, I think, is enough. I think uh, going back to Vanny with Toronto, he made it the first year as a coach and early exit, but it was the first time Toronto got into the playoffs, and I dare say they were actually worse than where we were. If we had to compare the eras. Yeah, Toronto was just they spent a lot and wouldn't make the playoffs, so. Three and a half for me on that, and hopefully it's, it turns into a five later, but a three and a half. I like that. I like that. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to be the guy here and say it's a five. Baby, we're going all the way. Chicharito's going to score. He's going to be the top scoring guy in the league. Let me tell you. He's going to come over and kiss you on the lips. Thank you for That's everything right. you've done for him. He's going to give me a million dollars at the end of the season. He's going to personally thank me. No. I Okay. Like I, Honestly, I think we're going to do great. Do I think we're going to go to the MLS Cup? No, maybe, you know, because Eric's gave it 3.5. I'll probably give it a 4.5 if I can't, like if I'm being realistic. I think that we're going to go to the playoffs. I think we're going to do well in the playoffs. Do I think we're going to win the Amos Cup? Not likely. Um, but I think that this is going to be a season of uh, understanding and players being comfortable. Vanny knows how to talk to players. He knows how to manage players. He knows how to get the best out of players. And for a lot of those, those guys, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be learning about themselves this season in a good way. So uh, I say we get to the playoffs, and I say we make it to the, you know, a conference championship, and we don't get to the MLS Cup, or we win it all. We win all the marbles, baby. That's it. Chicharito just recreates Slatan's uh, half field shot against Elliot to a T, <laughs> to, to a, a T, yeah, on the same blade of grass. Exactly. Uh, wins the game four three and starts ripping off the shirt. Exactly. He throws it to me, and I say thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll, this is going to the Smithsonian. Um, well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much, Derek. Thank you, Michael and Eric. And Eric, thank Josie for me, even though he didn't, he wasn't a part of it too much. 
because uh, I love him and I miss him and I hope he could join in on the next one. Um, oh, I will. I'll text you what happened with him. <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, for everybody listening, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Tell us what you guys think. Uh, this is going to be all over the... I'm going to put this on the Facebook and stuff, so uh, make sure to uh, give us your feedback. How do you think Cheech is going to do? Tell us about Zubak. We really don't want to break Zubak's ankles. Let me just say that. Michael is the only one who does. Yeah, Michael like, is the no only No irony. Zubak <laughs> yeah. is a good Christian okay, boy who needs He's a good us. Christian boy. <laughs> I'm okay being in the minority on this. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. For everybody listening, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, we can do one of these again soon. Have a great night, everybody. Bye.